I'm super excited, super excited about the series that we're going to begin today. We're going to spend four weeks. And um, I've been preaching for a while, and I've never done a full series, just a, a series that is focused on the book of Acts. And I've preached passages and verses from Acts and themes and different things that happened in Acts, but I've never done a series on Acts. And so I'm, we're going to do a series on Acts over the next four weeks. And it's short, it's a short series, and it's going to be a short walk through the book of Acts, but I think it's going to be... Um, I think it's going to be powerful if we'll open ourselves to it. And myself included. This isn't a, you need to open yourself. This is myself included. Because we find in the book of Acts, this little uh, book in the New Testament that comes right after the stories of Jesus, we see something miraculous happen. And I'm not kidding, miraculous. And and let me give you just a, a quick taste of what took place. Christianity... Uh, following Jesus began as a small sect, a break-off from the Jewish faith, very small group of people in Jerusalem. And if I put up a huge map today of the known world in that day, I, I, I won't do it, but if I put it up and you saw just how small Jerusalem was in context of the whole of the known world at the time, it was tiny, Jerusalem was tiny in comparison, and this small break-off group from the Jewish faith uh, began to gather together, and something took place within them that motivated and inspired them to begin to change the world. And what's amazing to me is it happened. A small break-off group, a splinter group began to spread the word in in that little surrounding area of Jerusalem. And they believed probably at the time that that it was only for the Jews, that this message and the Messiah was was for the the Jewish nation. What they didn't, and I don't what 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 I think they couldn't comprehend was that God was going to reach the world with this message. And against all odds, I mean the, the powers of Rome the Caesars of the time who were declaring that they were the Son of God, that they were literally divine in and of themselves, and and had the power to crush movements, and they did all the time, something miraculous took place. And listen, we exist as a church today because of what God did miraculously through the early church movement, and we have captured in this book of Acts what God did in those early days. Now, have I cast just a little bit of the idea of what we want to do? We want to plug in, not to try to copy maybe what took place, but we want to get in and and understand what it means to not just proclaim the good news, because it's one thing to proclaim with our mouths the good news of of Christ and the the good news that God loves the world. It is very different. Uh, It's a different thing to embody the good news to take in the, 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 the spirit of God and then live in such a way as, the, as if the good news is actually true in the world in which we live. Now, come on. Are you with me? So this is what we're going to do. And Acts is the true story of the church's explosion. It's actually a two-part uh, series that Luke wrote. Luke was a doctor who actually traveled a little bit and watched some things happening, and he tried to, you know, write it down and, and keep the narrative. And 
Luke, his first half of this story was the story of Jesus. And let's just see if you can guess the name of the book in the New Testament, the first part that Luke wrote. Can you guess? Luke, yes, very good. Some of you are like, I think it should be Luke. I'm not sure. He wrote Luke, and then the second part of the story is Acts, and it's written by Luke who, who traveled with him. And so um, here's the reading plan. I'm going to give it to you up front and at the end of the message. It's a 20-day reading plan. Oh, I know that's so long. Some of you are like, 20 days? I'm going to have to read the Bible for 20 straight days? It's crazy, I know. 20 days, we're going to read through the book of Acts together as a church. And I want to challenge you to, to read it. And we're not going to be able to talk about all of it because there's some crazy stories and some things that happen. But we want to try to capture a couple of the big ideas of what's going on in the book of Acts. And we want to ask if God might try to do something in us that would be miraculous. And that he might change some of our homes with his good news. I won't ask you to speak out loud, but how many of you need your family to experience the freshness, the goodness of God in your home? Yeah? Some? Some some of our neighborhoods need some good news in them, don't they? Some of our businesses, any, any businesses need some good news these days and some, like, goodness in their, in their hallways, the desks? What about in our, in our state? I mean, what if God would begin a revival, something powerful, a move, you know, in our state? And what about in our nation? And what about in the world? Come on, we need some good news in the world, but we don't need good news just proclaimed. We need good, good news that's, that's embodied and lived out. The grace through us, the grace of God through the ways that we interact with one another. And so um, this reading plan is going to move us uh, through some of that. So Jesus prayed this prayer. Let's pray it together, in fact, just the beginning of it. So we're going to stop in the middle. Um, here it is. Let's go. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So there's the prayer that Jesus gave us, on earth as it is in heaven, right? The idea, the prayer behind uh, the, the Lord's prayer that, that Jesus gave us was that the things of heaven, the will of God, and the kingdom of God would be done on earth just as it is in heaven. Now imagine that. Imagine if the love and the grace and the goodness and the hope and the peace of God would make its way into the world. And that's what Jesus kicked off. That's what he began. And this is the story. We're going to talk about the story of God's kingdom come. And here's how it came. Through Jesus through his spirit, and through the church, which we're a part of. This is the story of God beginning to change the world through his son Jesus, through his spirit, and through his church. Uh, this is how Luke begins the book. Acts chapter 1, verse 1. See, I'm already going to give you the first verse. You don't have to read this tomorrow. It's, here it is. In my first book, Theophilus, I told you about everything Jesus began to do and teach. So as Luke's writing, he's writing to a person, Theophilus, but the idea is this would be spread to many people. The stories that he begins to capture and write down would be spread. 
And what I want you to understand or see is this one word. Um, in my first book, I told you about everything Jesus. What's that word, that next word? Okay, now I want you to look at the person sitting next to you and say, it's only just begun. It's only just begun. I think there might be an old song. It's only just begun. Man, I should not sing. My mind goes to strange places sometimes when I'm up here. It's just begun. So the first part, which is the book of, of Luke, is, is what Jesus began. But the story didn't end. The story didn't end. And the story continues to be written in the world today. If we open ourselves to the Spirit's work. Um, I was reading Eugene Peterson, one of my favorite authors and pastors, and he says this, that Luke makes it clear that the Christians he's going to write about in the book of Acts were, were no more spectators of Jesus than Jesus was a spectator of God. They, these, the people throughout the book of Acts, they were in on the action of God. God acting in them and God living in them, which also means, of course, in us. In us. Now, think about what, what Eugene's saying here, and I, and I think it's brilliant that Luke is telling us, he's writing these stories, and he wants us to understand that the Christians, the early Christians, weren't spectators to the action of God and the activity of God and the miracles of God and the grace of God. They weren't spectators of the love of God. They weren't spectators to the hope of God or the peace of God. They were participants. They were actively engaged in what was doing because God was doing it in them. And listen, church, I think one of the things that is a challenge to us in our world and the way that we view things is that we are merely spectators of Jesus or maybe just fans of Jesus. That's a little uncomfortable, isn't it? That we would just say, I love the idea or I love what Jesus did but I'm not sure that I'm a part of it. To stand at a distance and just be a fan of Jesus. Oh, I love Jesus. To sing some great songs, which is important for us to do, to give him our worship. The early Christians opened their hearts and their minds and weren't just spectators or fans of God from a distance. They were participants and active in the work of God. And I want, as a church, I want us to be active in God's work, don't you? Don't you want to see it happen in our day and in our age? Don't you want to see God begin to change us and our families and our schools and our businesses and our neighborhoods and our world? Don't you want to be a part of that kind of change in the world? It is easy to talk about it. Everybody's talking about it. Everybody talks about it. Elect me and I'm going to change the world. No. No, no. Open yourself to the Spirit of God and watch your world begin to change. Not by your power, but by His. That's not a political message. Jesus wasn't propagating a political message, but a spiritual message. And that's what began to change the world. Okay. There in the second chapter of Acts, 
See, I'm going to do another verse for you. So you get two verses that are already out of the way. Um, Peter's preaching, and he says this, this promise is for you, for your children, and for everyone who is far from God. The work of God is for you. What Christ did is for you. And it's for your children and everyone who's far from God. Like, this is for everyone. The, the grace of God is not contained to a certain group of people. This little movement that began with the Jewish people was multinational, multi-ethnic. It crossed every boundary. No one was excluded from the goodness of God, and we need to recapture that. No one excluded from the goodness of God. And here's the deal. When the good news is proclaimed and embodied by those who claim to follow Jesus, when it's proclaimed, we have to proclaim it, but also embodied, that's when everything changes. So I'm going to give you just a little foundation. And um, today's a little bit like a class lesson. Some of you are like, I feel like I'm in a class today. So a little bit of a class lesson today. I hope that's okay with you. And then um, we'll get into the some more of the meat because tomorrow, I'm going to challenge you, 20 days, tomorrow is when the reading, that's when the homework begins. So are you in on the homework yet? Hopefully by the end, I'm going to talk you into it. Um, reading along these 20-something chapters of Acts so that we can see what God begins to do. So here's the foundation of Acts. The, the stories that are written in Acts are founded on the truth of the resurrection of Jesus. The early Christians didn't change directions. They didn't go in a new direction because a new set of beliefs captured them. It was because they witnessed the resurrection of Jesus as a real event that took place. Why would they have put their lives on the line? And almost every single one of the disciples was eventually martyred, was put to death for what they said that they saw. It wasn't just the things that they were saying. Their whole lives changed because they witnessed the resurrection of Jesus. So let's not miss that. Christianity was founded not on a set of beliefs, but on the resurrection of Jesus. And I know there's a lot of questions because that's mysterious and weird. I, have you ever seen a dead person come back to life? Anybody? No, but if somebody does that, you should probably listen. They've got something figured out. And that's what happened with the early disciples. They were like, you know, we saw him die. We saw him buried. And he came back to life. We should probably listen to what he says when we see him in the flesh. Like, that's crazy. I'm going to change my life because I'm going to follow that. Right? So it's founded, don't miss it, on the resurrection of Jesus. Number two, this, this movement, this early movement, was moved forward by the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. And we don't, talk much, uh, uh, we don't talk much and we don't talk enough about the Holy Spirit, so we're going to get into it a little bit. I know it's super scary. Some of you are like, seriously? Like, we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit? Like, the ghost? I don't know if I'm, you know, the ghost. You start talking about ghosts, I might be a little out on this story. But listen, God told us through Christ that he would never leave us or forsake us. Jesus actually said it was good news that he was going away because God's very Spirit could be with us. And I want you to know, in in this time, this last year and a half, that has felt very isolated. Anybody feel isolated in the last year and a half? 
God promised us that we wouldn't have to go through even moments like this alone, that his presence could be with us in these days, and that we would never have to be fully isolated because the very presence of God that was in Christ can also be in us. Isn't that good news? Like God's spirit can be in us? I know I'm talking crazy today. It's crazy stuff, but it's true. And the third thing, and we're going to like lean into this, is that this movement began to be made known in the world because a community of people came together and began practicing the actual teachings of Jesus. Like this community, people together with unity began actually experimenting and, and practicing the teachings of Jesus. And it's this community that, you know, it, it was moved forward, is powered by the presence of God, that Holy Spirit, but it was made known like it happened through the people who claimed to follow Jesus. And as we ask God to pour into us, we're going to, as a community, build into one another so that we can move this forward as well. Does that make sense? You with me? Okay. Now, when I talk about the good news and proclaiming and embodying the good news, sometimes we don't know what that means. So here's the little piece where um, you might take out your phones or you might write this down because it would be good to like, get this in us. Um, some of us need the, the Cliff Notes version. Anybody like Cliff Notes like me? You like the Cliff Notes? So I'm going to give you the gospel in one word, and then I'm going to give you the gospel in three words for any C students in the room. So the gospel in three words. And then for people who like honors classes, you know, I'm not a big fan of you guys, but if you like an honor class, I'm going to give you the gospel in 30 words. Does that make sense? So the gospel in one word, the gospel in three words, and the gospel in 30 words. Here we go. Here's the gospel in one word. Jesus. That's it. Why is that good news? Because Jesus was God with us. Like, you want to know what God's like? You get to look at Jesus. Jesus is everything that God wanted us to know about himself. That's good news. We have in Jesus a human representation that we can understand of what God is like. There's a lot of the Bible that is super confusing. Can I get an amen? A lot of the Bible, super confusing. The stories of Jesus, however, are pictures that God, want, God wants us to understand of who he is and how he operates. Jesus. Good news is Jesus. And if we miss Jesus, we miss everything. Okay, I've said that before. So, C students, this is for you. All right, C students, come back, wake up, do whatever. So here we go. The good news in three words, the gospel in three words is this. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Caesar's not Lord. You know, Caesar, Augustus, Caesar's not Lord. Jesus is Lord, which means Jesus, when we put him into the position of leader in our life or lordship in our life, good comes when we actually not just say he's our savior, but we begin to say he's our Lord. That's when good things happen. Okay, honors class. Everybody else can go to sleep for just a minute because this will take me a minute. 30 words, here we go, the gospel in 30 words. You can count them. Some of you are counting right now. You're like, Did, is it really 30? I'm not sure if I can trust Matt. Let's see if he actually got 30 words here. Here it is. Jesus is God with us. Come to show us God's love, save us from sin, set up God's kingdom, and shut down religion. 
so we can share in God's life. This is, this is kind of a bigger picture of the good news. That, that Jesus is God with us. Come to show us God's love. Give us a picture of God's love. Show us sacrificial love. He came to save us from sin, to free us from the things that bind us so often. And listen, um, I, I talk sometimes about uh, like AA and recovery, but the truth is every single one of us needs recovery because all of us get bound by something in life. There are things in life that bind us, that get us caught in patterns and rhythms that we try to get out of, and Jesus, the good news is that Jesus came to set us free from those things. So he came to show us God's love. He came to, to save us from sin, to set us free from those things. Uh, he came to set up God's kingdom, to give us a new way to do life. And then he came to shut down religion. Now, you might be saying, but isn't Christianity a religion? Well, we think of it that way, but the truth is, religion is anything that you have to do to get to God, your way of figuring God out. So think about religion that way. And he came to shut that down because God actually came to us through Jesus. Like you don't have to figure it out or work your way to God. The truth is Jesus came to you. And the reason is he wanted us to share in God's life. So this is the gospel in 30 words. This is what we'll, um, when, we, when we talk about proclaiming and embodying it, this is what, this is what I mean when, when it says we've got to embody the gospel. That Jesus does show us God's love, that he does set us free, that, that he set up a new way to do life, and then he shut down religion so that we all can experience God. So, 20 days. 20 days of reading together. And it doesn't take very long. It's, it's short, like a chapter or two at a time. There's some, actually some, some cartoons that are a part of this reading plan, too. Do you like cartoons? The Bible Project? creates these awesome videos. I call them cartoons. There's one tomorrow. You actually get to start with a cartoon. Come on, is there anything better than that? Uh, you get to start with that, and it sets up Acts in just a beautiful way. And so here it is, um, Acts Plan. So bit.ly slash Acts Plan. Super simple to get into. And only the first 150 get in, and the rest of you are C students, and you don't get in. So only 150 spots. Uh, then we'll have to start another one, Acts Plan 2. Um, Cameron, write that down so we can be sure to do that. Um, we're going to read together, and we're going to read some miraculous stories and some mysterious stories. Some stories that we can't fully comprehend or understand, and it will make us scratch our head and go, like, I don't, did that really happen? But we don't just read for information. We read for transformation. We read so that we might experience the kind of life that God wants us to experience and the kind of kingdom he wants to push out into all the world. And that's the story of McDowell. Not just that we proclaim certain things, but that we embody certain things. It's why Serve Week is so important to us as a church. Because it's one thing to say that God loves the world. For God so loved the world. Don't you love that? God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. When you embody that truth, it's not God so loved the world. It's God so loved the world and so do I. So I'm willing to give of myself so that others would come to know him.
and experience his goodness. That's why Serve Week's so important. It's why I'm going to beg you over the next couple weeks to get involved. It's why I would say, after we sing this last song, you should race out and get a box. There's only 10 of them. There's only 10 of them. And if you don't get a box, the good news is next month you get another shot at a box. Listen, I love our church, don't you? And I love the truth that... um, that we are not invited to be spectators to the good news of God. We're invited to be participants in his world-changing movement. You're invited not to just spectate, not to watch, not to stand on the sidelines and cheer someone else on. You're invited to be a part of it. And listen, those disciples, I mean, Peter, And Peter was the one who denied that he even knew Jesus three times. He denied that he knew Jesus. Like, Jesus was on trial. He was about to be taken to his death. And Peter, one of his closest friends, one of the three amigos, said, I don't even know who he is. Denied him. And then Jesus met him after the resurrection, met him on the shoreline to tell him, oh, Peter, I still love you. And some of you, and even me, we've denied Jesus by the way that we live. You know what? Jesus still comes back and enters into the stories of our lives. And so I want you to know, if you've been on the outside of the faith, if you felt like you let Jesus down one too many times, acts as a reminder, he never leaves us. He never forsakes us. us. That's what his spirit does in us if we will open ourselves to him. So um, would you stand with me? And we're going to sing one last song. I love this song. It's called Heaven's All Around. And it just reminds us that heaven is all around us because the spirit is, is, is here. So God, um, as we embark on this little journey through the book of Acts, I pray that these wouldn't just be stories that we read about your spirit, but that your spirit would continue to do the miraculous and the mysterious in us. I pray that we would not just proclaim certain things or say that we believe certain things, but that we would begin to embody what we believe in the ways that we talk with one another, the ways that we walk through life with one another. And God, remind us, every single one of us in this room, everyone who's listening, I I pray that you would remind us that you love us even when we let you down even when we've turned and walked away from you and that you can still use us. Remind us that you can still use us for your good in the world. God, thanks for continuing to pursue us.